When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Adrian Prajanko. Never a dull moment in rugby league, Adrian. <laughs> G'day, guys. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Adrian. So, mate, reading a couple of the articles, specifically uh, one that's happened quite recently, mate. The NRL is to investigate the bunker backflip, mate. Very intrigued by this and uh, what your thoughts are on this one. Yeah, this was really strange in that they got to the right decision, I believe, but the way they got there probably wasn't following the, the protocols you would normally see. So um, normally the bunker tips down to the referee, but on this occasion, Adam G was tipping to Ashley Klein upstairs. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, really, really strange. Like, And listening to the commentary, like, I, I was listening to Channel 9 and you had Cameron Smith and Paul Borden just going like, thank God he's actually done that because they're about to make a massive monumental blunder. So strange. I spoke to Graham Annesley about it. He said that the the thing that he's really interested in listening to is the audio, which is not necessarily everything that you hear during the broadcast to see how that decision was made. But the point of the matter is that the officials are meant to work together to come up with the right decision. It was very, very weird the way they came up with it. But Ultimately, they got the, answer, the the right answer, which is the most important thing. Yeah, I agree that they eventually got to the right decision, Adrian. I'm with you and and you know Fatty and, and Cam in the uh, commentary. I will say, I actually I don't hate it as well, mate. Like I watch a bit of Union Rugby Union as well, and they have open conversations sometimes with uh, what's it called, Gibbo? Is it the TMO? They call it in the uh, Rugby Union where they talk it out. You, you hear between themselves, and no doubt Andrew uh, is. Uh, I nearly said his name, Andrew G. The old Broncos front row, Adam G um, was a big part in that decision, making sure they got the correct decision. So at the end of the day, mate, is are we more worried about what was said or, or getting the, the right decision? No, I, I think all's war that ends well. And look, I know in some sports, the on-field referee has more say, So and they're actually part of the review process. So, so I think in some of the American sports, it might be NFL and others where um, they they basically want to have another look at it. So they run in and they look at it um, on the sideline, on the replays. And I think that's a, a pretty cumbersome way of doing it. But I, I actually thought it was just funny because, you know, I, I think the referee was actually looking at the screen, like the big screen replay, and he said, it doesn't look right to me, Ash. Like, have another look at it. And that's ultimately what happened. And um, we got there in the end. It was yeah, a weird one. I don't think it'll happen all the time, but I'm I'm pretty comfortable with it. Adrian, Timmy Manor here, mate. Um, just taking a step away from rugby league for one second. I was listening to Ross Greenwood talk about the economy the other day. We're talking about inflation, uh, commercial real estate, and the importance for people to get back into the office. I just want to know, last time I was on the show, uh, you were in the studio. Now you're working from home and doing this from home. How does that work? Do you still get paid the same from home? Or like, I just want to know, because the economy is struggling. We didn't get people back in, back into the office. So please, that that chair opposite me is empty. It'd be great to see you in here, mate. <laughs> well, I was prepared for just about anything that you were going to chuck at me, Timmy, but that one's got me back. <laughs> uh, mate, look, look, I, look, I can't, I can't put in a mileage expense claim, unfortunately, which, which disappoints me. 
Um, but look, I, I think it's like the bye week, you know, just freshening up for Origin period. But that chair, I'll be in the hot yeah. seat next week. Don't oh, worry about awesome. That. Hey, mate, just on another topic. Uh, Mino, so you got you're talking about the minnows at the Rugby League World Cup maybe being removed. Um, who, who are those minnow nations? That, who is included in that? Yeah, this is an interesting one because it, it sort of sounds like it's going to be a World Cup light, like a watered-down version. And I think that the teams that will be missing out are, are a lot of the ones from the Northern Hemisphere. Like, obviously, England has to be a part of it. Um, but the idea is that, you know, the, the Jamaicas and all those ones that are right on the on the fringe, like, we've seen some big, big, uh, you know, score lines against some of the minnow teams, like, you know, England, uh, New Zealand. Scotland getting smashed, um, Jamaica getting smashed. They're the sorts of teams, Wales, they're the sorts of teams that we, we probably won't see in the next World Cup. So uh, it's just a case of it, it's really disappointing that, that France, they've have pulled out sort of at the last minute. There's a lot going on there with the Olympics and other things, and they're trying to cut back their costs. They've left the International Rugby League hanging, unfortunately. Um, I know the New Zealand Rugby League would love to host the the World Cup uh, on their shores, but they won't be able to do it alone. I suspect that it would be something that would be perhaps shared between Australia and New Zealand, Um, which is, yeah, it's a shame that it wouldn't be a, a bigger tournament the way it normally is, but it's just an expense thing. There's a lot, a lot of moving parts that need to be sorted out, um, and there's not a lot of time. So, I think this will be the compromise, unfortunately. So some teams will miss out, but it may mean that we have a, an even, yeah, more hotly contested cup without all the blowouts. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Adrian. I spent a bit of time over in uh, in France, mate. Very disappointing to see that financially, they, you know, the French rugby league and and government over there, didn't see it viable that. It was going to make some money, I guess, based off the low um, attendances over in the in the recent World Cup as well with some of the games you're talking about and some of those minnow countries, mate. So disappointing that, you know, we're still trying to grow the international game in rugby league and, and this is a bit of a dent in, in that in that sense. Yeah, well, well, Scott, this was a, min- a World Cup that you, you you may recall was initially meant to be held in America and then that fell over after the... the- Denver Test sort of, um, you know, the ill-fated Denver Test didn't sort of live up to expectations and, and the same promoter was going to look to get this to the US. So that's that's fallen over. There's still some talk that potentially we could have a US World Cup maybe in 2029, but, you know, there's still potentially a, a junket and a trip to the US nonetheless, given that uh, Peter Volandis and Andrew Abdo are very bullish about uh, expanding the game into, of all places, Vegas. Um, and I like the idea of, you know, maybe beefing up the integrity unit by about 30 or 40 people before uh, taking the whole NRL over there. So, look, um, you know, we need to grow the game. I'm not sure if Vegas would have been the first place that I would have started doing that. But we've seen the emergence of Songa, Tamo- uh, Tonga and Samoa and, and Fiji and, and Papua New Guinea. And um, it's important that we have international football. Yeah, mate, just on Vegas, is there any signs of when the NRL could make a call on that and uh, how real that is? Yeah, it'd have to be in the next couple of weeks, Tim, because there's just so many moving parts um, to get it done. So their preferred stadium is Allegiant Stadium, which is uh, home of the Los Los Angeles Raiders. It's a 65,000-seat stadium, which is like, it's fairly ambitious when you think the most we've ever had um, as a rugby league crowd in the US is just under 20,000 for the Denver test. But they're talking about doing it as part of like a whole 
extravaganza of Australian entertainment. So you might uh, have what, for instance, you know, Tim Zoo fighting, or you might have uh, a Volkanovski or some UFC fights. You yeah. might have some Australian concerts. So you'd have a lot of content around that event that's not just rugby league, and, and that would be a way to pump it up. And obviously you've got the likes of Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman who would help to spruik that. But, you know, it, it's it's bold. It's you know, We're talking about a doubleheader being played over there for competition points. Get a shut, shut and hole. So, get shut and hole play, and, and you'll sell yeah, it yeah. out. <laughs> you'll sell it out. We could get Guy Sebastian, and then we could have a rematch. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I like that. That'll be yeah. that. That could get um, more people turning up than the footy. That people would love to see that Australian <laughs> Idol rematch. Um, Adrian, mate, mate, so go, exciting, yeah. going back to the footy uh, from last night, mate. One of the other stories that you had through the week: <clears throat> Joe Afungoa did a medical with the Eels. Then the Tigers kept him. Tell us, tell us a little bit. That's a quite an interesting um, thing to happen throughout the week. Yeah, it was really weird. Like the Eels were basically um, bracing for him to be available for this game, even if it was for a run in Reggie's first hand. And then at the very last minute, the Tigers said, "Oh." We might need him this weekend. You can have him the following week. And <laughs> Paramount have gone, well, what if he comes to us damaged goods? What what if he gets injured? Like, are we going to have to medical him, et cetera, et cetera? So, yeah, really strange one. And it's there's big changes in the way the Tigers now um, recruit and retain talent with Scott Fulden coming across. You've had Warren McDonald, who's been there for a long time. So I think it's just taken a little bit of time to get everyone on the right page. But, um, look, fingers crossed Joe doesn't get injured. Um, over the weekend, and he can um, go to Parramatta, yeah, who's been looking for a middle forward. I know that they were looking at Harme Sele for a while, but I think that he's more likely to stay at South Sydney. So that'll just uh, beef them up a little bit, which is sort of important because they've got a couple of injuries now. Um, uh, sort of, I think Sean Lane's on the sideline. Reg is still out for another maybe week or so. So um, what before they get some troops back, he'd be an important uh, member of that side. Yeah, it might be one of those ones where uh, you sort of start to worry because he's obviously super talented, Joe Afungoe. But he, he could be that sort of player that goes to Parramatta of the past couple of years, like an Isaiah Papali, and really kicks on. Um, it'd be remiss, mate, if we didn't ask you about any origin news that's happening right now. The teams are about to be announced, both teams this year on Monday. Um, have you got any news in and around selections or you know where the coaches are heading for uh, for their teams for Origin 1, mate? Yeah, Freddie always says put it in pencil rather than in pen, and that's sort of important, especially when you've still got uh, games to play. I guess the most interesting and intriguing part will be the, the sixth jersey, and you know, especially in the last few weeks, I think everyone was saying that you know that's you know you've got to put Nico Hines in there, and I'm still of the belief that you you probably do that. But having said that, Jerome Woolwhite's probably had the best two weeks of football he's had for a very long time, and. I guess Nathan Cleary will probably be asked or, or should have some input into that because even when I think of the World Cup, you know, his combination with Cameron Munster, it, it took a long, long time to gel. Um, and the, you know, he's obviously played most of his footy and his best footy alongside Jerome Woolwise. So that is going to be probably the biggest call. And, you know, there's probably one or two bench spots. I mean, there's no doubt that Nico would be there probably in 14, if not in six, but... Yeah, what do you do at five eight? What do you what do you boys think? Yeah, Timmy, where, where are you going on, mate? I, I'm I'm stick with Jerome for the first game. There's a couple of decisions: one for New South Wales, Jerome at six, yep. and Kalen at fullback for Queensland. But I think 
dependent on what happens in those games will dictate whether you have Nico Hines or Reese Walsh knocking on the door for either of those two teams, mate. Yeah, I think Adrian's got a good point about asking Cleary because Cleary's got to be the seven. Yeah. Who does he like playing with? And I think Kim and Luai will work so much easier. Um, getting someone else in there is a risk. It could, it could work, but then there's also the thing that they might not click straight away. So I think Luai for me, and I thought the last two weeks he's been outstanding. Yeah, I agree. Well, just one last last one on the Queensland team, uh, Adrian. There's chat around Dayton Gagai not being part of game one as well, mate. Um, very un-Queensland-like if that was to happen. There was, I think mm, it broke on SEN League, actually. Um, it broke on SEN League here that um, they're, they're looking at Hamaso Tabuifito in that centre position, and therefore Dane Gagai, they, Origin Gags, they call him. Uh, yeah, potentially yeah. Missing, missing game one, mate. So do you know much more about that? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Well, I, I don't know a lot more about that one, but, you know, obviously Papalia as well, um, you know, retiring from representative football and, you know, everyone was saying when Jack Wyden retired from New South Wales, oh, this had never happened in Queensland. This is a, an outrage. This is a disgrace or whatever else. But, you know, uh, I'm not bleeding for Queensland, though. Like when you look at the, the fourth that they've got available, you'll still be able to choose from a, a pack that contains the like of... You know, Kafusi, Carrigan, Flegler, um, you know, Nanai, Cotter, Welsh. Capewell, uh, Big Tino, Gilbert, you know, Christian Welsh. Like, it's almost, to, to be honest, like, I wonder if someone has had a, a quiet word to, to Papa and said, listen, mate, you you might actually struggle to get into this side. So, anyway, uh, look. You can't their, find me, I quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, their headaches are all good ones, and. I mean, even like, you, you know, you mentioned uh, Reese Walsh. I, I don't think he'll get into that side. As, even though he's probably one of the most exciting players in the competition, we saw a return of form from Kalen Ponga last week. He obviously plays against the Sharks today. And if he gets through that unscathed, I, I still think that he'll play fullback. So, um, look, uh, whether or not Gagai is in there or not, um, they are going to name a very good side. And I'm, I'm still surprised that New South Wales are favourites um, you know, which happens every single year and, um, you know, at least 50% of the time they lose. So, yeah, very strong Queensland side once again. Yeah, I agree, mate. I think it's a, a flip of the coin. Thanks for joining us this morning, Adrian, and looking forward to seeing you back in the office, brother. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me.